Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. All right. Thank you for joining me on this very special edition of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. This episode will actually be broke into three separate parts. Episode 47D, as in Democrat. Episode 47L, as in Libertarian. And episode 47R, as in Republican. And as you can probably guess, we're going to be talking to candidates from the city of Muncie running for the office of mayor, Democrat candidate Terry Witt Bailey, Libertarian candidate Steve Smith, and Republican candidate Dan Reidenauer. These episodes will be broken up into three individual segments where you will be able to listen to just your specific candidate. But the hope is that you will listen to all three segments. That way you can compare and contrast what all three candidates have to say. Again, you're listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. And after this quick break, we'll get into our candidate interviews. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is Reality. On the record. All right. Well, welcome back to this particular episode, 47L. It's the candidate interview with Libertarian candidate for mayor of Muncie, Steve Smith. He joins us on the phone. Mr. Smith, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. Sure, no problem. So jumping right into this, why are you the best choice for voters voting for mayor of Muncie? The biggest thing that I'd like to share with you is this. I was born and raised a native of um, Muncie, Indiana. I went to Longfellow Elementary. I went to Northside Middle School. Um, I went to um, Central. I went to Ball State. Um, I am a product of Muncie, and I understand the dynamics of Muncie and what it takes to actually live here, um, to work with individuals here, and be able to lead individuals here um, just because um, I was raised here. And when you have a heart for your community, you stick here and you work uh, for the ground zero and up. So I, b- I believe I'm the best candidate because I was raised here. I learned the system here. Um, I survived the system and I learned um, and was molded by this community into who I am now. Um, and I was part of some of the best systems that came through this community over the years. So I believe that's one of the reasons that I'm the best candidate. And second is because I have a heart for the people of Muncie, um, because most of my family's here. Most of my family has been in leadership roles all of my life, um, from the Faulkners to the Levels to the Dorsons. All of our family are leaders, and we have always been leaders. So that's one, uh, the second reason why I believe I am a uh, good candidate and the best person for this job. All right. Very good. Corruption is a word that we have heard throughout this entire race from way back before even the filing period for this race. And we've heard it from literally every candidate that's ran. Every person that's been involved has been talking about corruption. It's been such a buzzword. I'd like to get beyond the word, and I would like to hear from you actionable plans, thoughts, or ideas that you are planning to put in place to make Muncie better. First thing I, I had to do was really take a look at where 
um, the activity is happening. And so my plan was I asked the five whys. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why, why? So therefore, I can come up with a plan and a strategy not only to um, observe it and try to fix it, but also put a plan into place um, to make sure that it never happens again. And in and, and, and finding the first thing I'm going to have to do is because now that I found out how they were doing what they're doing is that the heads that I put in place will have to have the strategy to make sure that although those uh, have used the departments uh, to continue their strategies of doing what they're doing, the heads of those departments are going to have strategically make sure that they're observing and watching everything that happens, like micromanaging. Instead of um, just saying, hey, okay, do whatever you do, they're going to have to micromanage each department and they're going to be accountable. Um, and then we're going to have to put in some ordinances to make sure that if you do certain things, you're going to be accountable. Because what I noticed is that we took all the power out of the council hand and could have put it in the department heads. The problem with that is if you got somebody that's doing the right thing, it's OK. But if you got somebody that's doing the wrong thing, then it's out of control. So we're going to have to definitely monitor uh, movement of money um, to make sure that you're not using those line items for the wrong thing. Um, but that's going to have to come with the controller and then also add a second controller to make sure that we're not uh, misappropriating federal funds so we don't lose any of those grants. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is I'm going to put um, a, a group together to create a app, um, you know, new technology. And it's, you can have a software come in, come in and put everything so you can watch everything. If a penny spent, you can see, hey, this department spent this. Um, you got paperwork. I'm going to uh, centralize everything that you can use from the of your phone that you can see everything that's going on at all times. You can access that paperwork at all times um, if you're a citizen. But if you're not, then you have to go uh, through some more clearances to get that information. But you'll have access in the in the in the, in the palm of your hands because that's all is simply just technology. And we have to upgrade our technology. I noticed real quick is that our technology is old. I mean, like literally they don't have check and balances uh, besides the person saying, okay, yay, nay. Um, but there's nothing to keep you um, balanced between the departments or even in your department um, that I've seen. So that would be a way of tracking what is being spent. Um, it's, it's tracking when you're moving money, what's being spent, because, you know, most of the line items are general. Hey, we need money in this, a general fund, but there's no accountability for that. So if you want to spend six hundred dollars on food on your own or some gas, nobody really knows you do that because the controller just, you know, he sees what you said. But at the end, we don't know. So those would be the first two actions is it's going to start with the head and then having the accountability that I can monitor my heads, what they're doing. And then after that is making sure that we get some more um, leeway to the council to keep us accountable and not take it go. You wouldn't be able to go around them. Um, but that's, that means the leader has to kind of tie his own hands to make sure that we're all accountable. So that's, that's the first two things that I'm going to do to show transparency and to make sure that everybody can see for their hands, because there might be some eyes and say, Hey, why are they doing that? Not always watching. So um, those would be the first two things right off the back that I'm going to do um, is upgrade the systems um, to make sure that you have more um, transparency in the BLC thing and then fix that thing that everybody's been talking about. Well, we don't we can't get this and we can't get this. If you're a citizen of Muncie and you can prove that you will have access to that. And that's all basically going back to um, being able to register um, for different things. And then you'll have access to all that in the palm of your hands. Absolutely. 
you said something about adding another controller. There is a position for a deputy controller. There's also a position that Muncie used to have that was deputy mayor. Let me ask you, are those positions that you would like to have? Well, the good thing about the bad thing that happened is they didn't pass the budget that was cut. So yep. we revert back to the other one, yep. which means there is wiggle room to add a, a, a deputy controller. Sure. Uh, just by seeing some things that we cut. And also, because it's already a line item, you just have to find the funds to be able to afford this person. But considering that we can lose millions and millions of dollars to pay a, a deputy controller to watch specifically those grants uh, that come into our city will be a, a definitely necessity. Plus, considering where we're getting ready to go with some of these other projects that's going to bring millions and millions of dollars that no one's talking about into our community that will have to be monitored and watched or we'll lose out for them in the future. So that is definitely a position that I am going to push for. Um, and then just seeing a little bit how the controller office actually work. Um, it was some positions taken out of that that were never replaced. So the controller office will be a position that will be added um, some other help to make sure that those those balances are checked and those checks are balancing, um, that there's accountability. So yes, I will be asking for that individual um, just specifically to make sure those grants and also assist the controller and making sure that things are running smoothly and accountability across the board. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what about the position of deputy mayor? Um, that's also um, on the, the, how would you say, agenda to present that. Okay. Uh, I'm not for sure if that's a line item. See, because most people don't realize when we went to the system that we have now, once it becomes a line item, you can't take it off unless, you know, the council um, votes to take it back off. But if it's on there, it's on there. If it's balanced, I mean, if it's um, budgeted for or not, it's still on there. So if it's still on there, it's just finding the funds to transfer to be able to do it. Yeah. We know we have money in the rainy uh, day fund that we didn't touch this year. We have, we know we have money sitting in people's departments um, that they're building up to do what they want to do. So it's plenty of money to do what we need to do. It's just some people are basically saying we want to do how we want to do, but that's not how the city works. You can't just do whatever you want. Everything has a process and the procedure. It just hasn't been enforced. So that's one thing I'm going to do now that I know where the money's at. Um, I know exactly where you can cut. Either we're going to do a new budget because I have, as a leader, I have the uh, option to do that, or we're going to let uh, them come in and cut it for us, and then we'll have to work within that, which still comes back to, okay, this is the funds we got left, this is what you get. So the end result is everybody was excited because they got their old budget back, but they haven't got through the election nor the new year uh, <laughs> for what's going to happen. Right. Moving on, I love and respect a lot of uh, men and women uh, on Muncie's Police Department. We've got a lot of fine officers. We have some not so fine. As mayor, how will you work with your appointed chief and uh, the deputy chief and the top brass to repair this culture of corruption, do away with that, and repair the damage that has been created there in the eyes of the citizens of Muncie? A, a young man had said, Steve, you, you, you just know it all, don't you? No, but when I get that itch to search into something, it makes me go a little bit deeper. And, and I know the buzzword has been corruption, but it's sometimes it, it really, that's what we kind of put it into one thing is corruption, corruption. But some of the things that we're finding really isn't corruption, it's criminal activity that has been allowed to go on uh, because there was no internal investigations. And now 
um, because there's at least five that I know of um, federal lawsuits that are coming from tampering with uh, video cameras from um, from battery and all those different things from individuals getting beat down. Um, those things will force our hand to look at it differently, um, how we interact with the community as police officers. We know that everybody on that is not a bad apple or a criminal, but those that are uh, will be weeded out. But how we process, how we bring people on will definitely be different and have to be different how we look at it. Um, I've been looking at a couple of options as having a citizen uh, governed um, merit board. I know we have contracts. Well, it's got to be done this way. Um, that means certain people wouldn't be in certain neighborhoods if you're um, if you don't deal with those people, um, if you have personal agendas um, and then the zero tolerance for um, how would you say racism or anything that would say suggest that you have a biased opinion against individuals, um, you would be uh, how would you say um, vetted and we would have to go through the process. It may take some people coming in, giving some diversity classes and making sure you go back through um, to see how you really are. But we definitely will have to deal with the criminal activity. And I believe after we get done getting hit with these lawsuits, people's eyes will be more open of the criminal activity in all the departments and how they have been stacked upon criminal activity um, to hide the crime. So uh, let me say it this better way. When you build how we do things off of ulterior motives or criminal activity and you do it so long, people come numb to it. Like, well, that's just how we do things. But if it's criminal activity, we have to change. Um, and, and, you, and that's what happens when you have new eyes. You see it for what it is. It's not what you've been told it needs to be. So I believe we have to correct those things to be able to move forward or it's going to cause problems. Yeah, absolutely. After sitting through that meeting, we're aware that the 2020 budget was not passed, which means we revert back to the 2019 budget. From there, basically, what will happen is the budget will go to the Department of Local Government Finance, and they will look through that, and they may make some cuts. You know, I'm of the belief, and maybe I'm wrong, time will tell, that they might cut $500,000 here, they might cut $800,000 there. I, I think that that'll, I think they will end up cutting far less than $5 million, which is what the city council and the finance committee was trying to cut. Time will tell. They'll certify that sometime in March. But now knowing that that budget is the 2020 budget that we've set through at least eight finance committee meetings listening to, that's all for naught. How will you go into 2020 working with what we currently have as the 2019 budget? Again, what are your thoughts on that? As I was sharing with different ones that the fear of we do not want the state coming in and cutting because they may do worse than what we had suggested or what most are hoping is they just give us the money back and we got another year to do what we're doing. We'll get it done. And then y'all can cut, cut, cut because everybody just start retiring or whatever, because there's going to be a lot of people retiring here soon. Um, but I have a, a, a bad feeling because of all of the criminal activity and the corruption that they're going to cut based on recommendations that they've already seen. I mean, they're, they're watching. I'm sure. sure they even saw where we've already cut. They, they're watching closely and people were like, oh, we're going to get back what we had. And I got a gut feeling that they're going to say, hey, we're going to give you a little bit because if you don't do it, we're going to put somebody in there to do it for you. We're going to give you another chance. But if you don't, this is what our, we're going to tell you we're going to cut. And, and a lot of people that wanted to keep their, their stockpiles and money so they can do what they wanted, um, 
they're going to be disappointed. My opinion, and I'm glad I'm saying it now. So when it comes to light or it doesn't, well, you can say, well, Mr. Smith kind of said that. But everybody's hoping that they do what they did three years ago or three years in a row when they couldn't pass a budget. And that's why a lot of people were fighting so much because they need to continue doing what they're doing to complete some things that they stuck their hands in. I know it's a problem uh, with the center township and what they've done. And I know it's some things wrong with how they've done it um, through going around some people financially. Um, so that's going to come all up, but most of these people won't be in there to tell them what they did. So that's, that's going to have to say, Hey heads, we're going to really have to micromanage and we're going to have to cut uh, some of these things and some of the projects you had in mind, you're not going to be able to do. We're not going to cut people. That's the goal. But you having money in your things where you can do what you want to do without going past the uh, council is not something that I will continue to do. I don't want that 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 pressure on my the, my shoulders of criminal activity continuing uh, when the new administration come in. I'd rather us all sit down and say, hey, we cannot do this. And as they said at the meeting, this is not something they used to even publicize. This is only coming down because of transparency. We want, we want you to see uh, what we're doing. But in the past, they just get in the corner and say, you get here's your power money, get there. You got that. Now, y'all don't mess my money up now because we're doing what we're doing. Y'all just keep your mouth shut. And this is what it is. And we move forward. Right. That's, and that's But anyone to have uh, any idea of budgeting and say, wait a minute. Yeah. You, you got, wait a minute. This ain't adding up. But they messed up because they were so focused in departments trying to get certain things done that they didn't really care because it was like, well, we'll just do what we always do. But they didn't realize by doing what you always do is going to expose that something's not right. Um, so we definitely will have to fix that um, because the budget will not remember what they said. They said they wanted to, they said it's going to be 22 and they made it conservative to 18. So you think they just going to say, oh, we're not going to do anything. Y'all just do whatever you want. They're going to have to take precautions to make sure we don't overspend and we don't do what we're already seeing departments do, going in the red. Right. So um, I think we're going to be a little bit upset when they do it for us. That is a very good uh, outlook on that because, you know, you always want your elected representatives. That way, if your people make the cut and it's a screw-up, then you can always boot them out. Or, you know, if, if it's great, then you can always, you know, vote them in again or, or whatever. But you let somebody that doesn't live here, doesn't work here, doesn't really know what's going on doing it, and there's, you know, there's no... There's no way to give them praise or to, uh, you know, kind of uh, hold their feet to the fire, depending on what they do. They just do what they're going to do because it's just a number to them. Well, can I share with you that this the problem is most time in the in the past has been we're going to present you with a budget. Let's see if it stays within our parameters. OK, it's in the with parameters. We really don't know what this all this stuff is saying or we do, but we're going to act like we don't. So it looks good. It's passing. Any complaints? Nope. Oh, let's move forward because it hasn't been transparency and just sitting through the budgets and looking at budgets for the last 10 years. And so, oh, you know, you don't know that. Um, most of them line items, they had no clue what they were. So how can you pass a budget if you don't even know what the line items are? It's just numbers in the line items that said, you know, a, you know, insurance, right. um, supplies. You don't know what kind of supplies. You don't know what, who's getting what, who's getting tires, who's getting this, who's getting what. What is all? It's just money, just somewhere, um, which allows because of lack of oversight. Um, it shows to me that literally they were given the budget, pass it or don't pass it, 
or either you pass it or we'll vote you back out. We put you in a position just to pass it. You don't get the question to us. This is what we came up with. You just pass it. So they really, what I saw was they didn't never really understand what the budget was besides either it's checking balance, it's balancing. Hey, we're spending less than what we got coming in, so we should be good. Right. But it wasn't micromanaged to say, we're going to be the overseers to make sure that you're not spending money that you shouldn't be spending. We're going to be the overseers to make sure you're not spending money on things you shouldn't be spending. We're going to be the overseers and the gatekeeper of this money. Because that's the whole purpose of the council is to make sure they watch over what that money is doing and make sure that things stay in order. Yeah. So if you haven't done that, then what are you doing? That might be harsh, but in reality, but it's not their fault because that's how we have done things for a long time. Right. Absolutely. It's the way it's always been. And that's, you know, it was good for them. It should be good for us. And, yes. and they go on down, down the track. That's exactly, you're exactly correct. Um, very good. Well, uh, moving on, a question that I was actually going to bring up to the council, but really just didn't have time. Something that I have noticed in the last several months as I've been looking into the goings-on of the city of Muncie is that governmental employees, either employees that are hired to the city of Muncie or appointed officials like people on the Board of Works or other boards, park board and so on, or actually elected officials like council members and so on, are conducting business in the city of Muncie either between other officials, like meaning between council members and other council members, or between the council and the clerk, or the council and the mayor, as well as with businesses, citizens, and other governments, they're conducting this business on email accounts that are private email accounts. So the city of Muncie has a server, and it provides email access for the mayor, for the clerk, for the uh, cl other clerk's office employees, and for the employees of city government, basically. They provide yep. an email service. However, currently, a large portion of the city council members are conducting pretty important business with people from private email accounts, and that provides for all sorts of issues. What is your thought on that? And would you do anything to try to change that? Two things. First thing is when you do what you're saying and you're using your private email, you're really opening yourself up for even worse liability going against you because you're conducting business um, on your personal account, which when you do that and you're still representing the community, anything that you've done that you didn't really want people to know on your personal account now, if, if something happens, they're coming <laughs> into your personal account. Yeah. Um, regardless if you like it or not, if one person say, hey, they contacted me with an official um, Muncie document from this email, that gives the FBI the right to come into your privacy of your, your emails and do things because you sent it from a private email. So we have to trace everything through your email. So it really opens you up for other things you might not want people to do. Yeah. Is it right? No, but it could be going back to training. If you get in a position and nobody knew how to train you what you should do or proper etiquette of doing those things, then you're going to do whatever you think is okay. 
Um, but we knew if you looked at the White House, it was things like that going on. But it, they got caught up because now they say, well, we since you knew it, we got access to all of your emails. And now stuff you really didn't want us knowing we know now because you had to give us access to those things or we just took access. So I would not do that practice because once you cross that line, we don't know how much you cross the line. And if I'm doing business, then I should have uh, the rights to be able to see what business you're doing to monitor what you're doing. But it goes back to transparency. If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, then you're trying to hide it. So I got to look deeper now once I see those emails coming in or somebody says, hey, I got this email from this address, but I, was it you guys or what, what's going on? So it, it, it causes a lot of problems. Absolutely. Uh, that That has to be addressed, but that goes back to training. And if you choose to go against the rules, then um, then you have to be um, the appropriate action must come against you because you're putting everybody in jeopardy. Sure. By doing it your own way. Um, of course, there's some things that's going to come up that's going to have to go into personal emails because there's too many accusations and people that can prove, hey, I got the email here. Oh, where's that email? Okay, well, you don't want to give us access to your service? All right, we have access anyway because the government controls those systems. They're the internet. Those are things you have to know just by certain things um, to let you know they already have access. Right. But you gave them the email. Now they just, they taking all of your stuff because now they got a warrant or they got, you know, um, a probe and they can come in and take your computers in your home. We just saw it. The FBI went into a, a, a citizen's house because they had an email linking to that house. So yeah. they came in and took all your computers. So um, I'm sharing that is when you do that, then you open up to now you are communicating with a criminal because on their computer, it has this, 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 and it implements you. So it, it's a practice that has got us where we're at right now because of them doing that, which Absolutely. is good because now we expose it. Um, but um, how would you say it in a nice way? We have to do better practices as we move forward um, because that is going to be key to where we're going. Transparency has to be um, if we're going to build the trust between the citizens. Sure. All right. So something that we have been discussing in the city of Muncie for quite some time and has been a hot button issue and something that I would like to hear and the voters of Muncie would like to hear. What is your stance, your opinion, your belief on city-ran fire-based EMS? Is it something that you're for? Is it something that you're against? Are you looking to fix it? keep it how it is or to completely do away with it. What is your thought on city of Muncie ran fire-based EMS? Okay. Make it clear. My job is to represent the citizens of Muncie, Indiana. Yep. Period. If you're not a citizen, yes, I have um, the utmost respect for all those individuals, but the biggest thing is to protect the citizens of Muncie, Indiana. Protect the citizens of Muncie, Indiana, health, their jobs. And for me, my 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 opinion on the EMS, it is here to stay. Um, I don't know why we didn't do it sooner um, and wait till now to try to transition um, wrong. And I believe the reason it has been accepted as well as it could have been is because they try to do go around and do what they're going to do for personal reasons or whatever it is. But Muncie should have his own um, emblem service from the get-go. And I, I'm I'm doing a little research, and I'm hearing it was a personal vendetta and all that. 
But my concern is just making sure citizens are covered. So I'll say, well, they were doing a good job, you know, with what the services we had. My only complaint is if we're doing it to embedder our fire department and fire services protections and MLM service and coverage, then it should be legit. We need to put what we need to do to make it a legit MLM service, period. If we need to hire Delaware County employees to come in, but we shouldn't be outsourcing things to surrounding communities to make it work. We need to put what we need to put into it to make it and fix it. Um, so it's going to be beneficial for um, our citizens. Um, does that mean just throw money at it? No, we have to do uh, strategic planning to make it happen. And obviously they've had a plan. It just didn't involve everyone. They just did it on their own. But that goes back to they they systematically have been doing what they're doing um, planning without everybody involved. Um, that's why we're getting our problems. But I am for it because I, I believe it will help our citizens. And Muncie is not going to fall off the map. It's going to keep growing with Ball State doing it. Doing. It's going to be enough for everybody. But this is what I suggest um, that we're going to definitely have to work um, well with Ball State because the thing that came to my mind was now we're split between who's covering Ball State compared to, uh, well, we want Delaware County servicing us or whatever it might be. Um, but that's going to be very vital to the success of our MLM service is covering the whole city compared to you just cover this part and this part. Um, because this is definitely going to be a um, service that's going to bring income into the MLM service. Um, but once again, it might not need to be intertwined with the fire department. I know they're the ones starting it, but the MLM service, obviously, if it could stand on its own with Delaware County, it could stand on its own um, eventually moving forward. So I had to even ask the current chief, okay, if money starts coming in and it's making money, would we also have to keep on supporting it? Um, and he was like, well, no, that money would be diverted. But I'm asking that question, but in the future, it may not even be a topic that even comes up and it just goes in their fund and they keep on building, 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 building. And nobody even asks those questions because we know how if you don't ask the right question, it's a need to know basis. Sure. And it just keeps on growing. And we were like, man, they're doing a lot of stuff over there. How are they doing all that? Sure. But we have to definitely keep keep our eyes on it and watch it and be concerned citizens. They've only been allowed each department, including the fire and EMS, been allowed to do what they're doing is because we as citizens didn't watch careful. Right. So this is why they've been able to do it. I watch uh, the council meetings constantly. It's maybe one person in the audience, two people, three people might be watching online, and they pass stuff so quick, and you wonder, well, how did that happen? Because no one's there to ask questions. Right. Something that has been brought up by one of your opponents is the hiring practices within the city government. Now, as somebody who's been a watchdog in the community, I'm going to say this very carefully. I've not particularly seen anything illegal or that jumps out at me when looking at who's been hired in the city of Muncie here or there. There have been claims of nepotism here or this or that there, but I don't see anything wrong on a lot of levels within city government. Yeah, there may be some questions of this or that on the police department or a few things here, but for overall, I've not seen anything crazy as far as it goes 
with the personnel director or hiring practices for people who are just getting a job in city government. What are your thoughts on this? Well, this is definitely um, in my in the community all around um, an issue that, as you said, if you're not on the inside, you wouldn't know it. But I asked for some stats. Don't just come to me saying this and saying that. And from 2012 up to now, they have a breakdown on how many people has been hired, how many in each ethnical uh, background, um, who, all of those numbers, have you have to keep them. Well, from that time, there's been 200 people hired. Well, well all right, and, say that real quick, just to make sure we're saying the time period. From what time until now? Um, in this administration. I okay, think so... 2012 okay. up until now. Okay. So... In that time frame, I don't have the paperwork with me, but I actually sure. get the paperwork from the Freedom of Act. We got it. Yep. There has been 200 people hired. Okay. And out of that 200 people, only nine minorities have been hired. Okay. So I said only nine minorities. The only problem with that is the administration, uh, when they came in, when they was running Two, two terms ago or whatever. Hey, we're going to hire minorities. We're going to get them jobs. We're going to put people in there. And if this basically over the eight years, you basically hired one person per year of a minority, but everything else has not been a minority. My only concern with that is if you do the percentage of compare Muncie to Anderson to see what are the numbers. Um, I know it's a rule like if you, you know, if you do a government contract, 20 percent should go to the minority things. And those laws are put there so that it's not um, certain things that happen. Sure. So my research is really going into how many how diverse should the, the hiring practices be? Some people say, well, no, I know even in the workforce, there's so many percentage of people you have to hire just so that it doesn't show that there's racism going on or there's not things going on. So if they would have that with companies, it surely has to be in the government. So if you do, this is just my, my doing math. If you even did 10% of 200, that's 20 people hired. So you mean to tell me you could only find nine qualified minorities to hire. So that would bring up question. I got to dig deeper. Why is this not a fair practice? Not the point that you've hired 191 um, my, that are not minorities, but you didn't even say, we're going to give you 10%. And this is why in a community, they said, they come to me and say, Smith, we don't even get crumbs no more. We can't right. get nothing. I'm sure. like, well, they give you something, but it makes you say, what are you really saying? We can't get jobs, but we pay taxes. We can't get our streets done, but we pay taxes. We can't get nothing done in our community, but we see it going on on their end. So what are we, what are we doing? So what it's going to do is with transparency, people want to know what are we getting for from our government. I mean, sure. we're paying taxes, but we're not getting anything. What's the real agenda? So those things, when you see these things happening in HR, regardless of what it what it was, I'm, I'm not going to say it was wrong or whatever because I have I wasn't there, but I watched and observed that 200 people got hired. But you can only find nine minority that were qualified to work. So the question I have to ask is, did they apply? If they applied, why weren't they hired? So why was this person hired over that person? So now we got to get into, I want to see resumes. I want to see well, what was your, your thinking process. But that means my HR person has to be accountable. 
they can't just say we're going to hire 20 black people just to be hiring 20 black people. No, we want the most qualified, but we do have to realize that we service the whole community and not just one, you know, one sector of the community. It has to be diverse all over. Sure. Absolutely. That's, that's why we have outcry. And that's why it's so important that we don't call wolf and all those different things, because when we have to really deal with these issues, um, we're going to have to deal with them and, and get to the root. Why did you do what you did? Um, and why even that's, that's just one thing, but it goes even deeper when they talk about contracts that they give out. Why did, you know, why wasn't there this affirmative action that you're even trying to hire minorities? That was a big topic that nobody talked about, but those were things and practices that they just hired whoever they wanted um, to get these contracts. When the law says you have to have minorities on your, your crew. Right. But they overlooked those things and nobody said anything. So they just did it. But yes, that's something that we will definitely have to look at because if we're going to be transparent, sure, uh, we have to look out for everyone and not just the select few. Well, that we yeah, absolutely. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Let, let me ask you that because that, that is a question. And, and just playing devil's advocate, let's look at the police department for a second. Just playing devil's advocate, first you have to have minorities apply. I, yes. I, I've seen a lot of times where, you know, you might have 50 people apply and out of those 50 people, you know, you might have a, a Hispanic woman or, or one, you know, black male apply and that's it. And then it's it is such a strenuous, you know, they have to, you know, did is is that black male that's applying did, you know, is he qualified? You know, is he qualified? Does he right. is he you know have a driver's license? Is he not a felon? Does he have right. you know? And you can be hired having arrests or even having certain convictions. You can still be hired, but there it's just a case by case basis. So uh, taking it a step further, as a mayor, as a member of the community, how do you work to get qualified minorities? to apply saying, Hey, look, come to the city. This is a job that could be for you. Well, this is the thing is no one's, and, and this is going to be the problem. Even when I've worked in the corporate world or in just a regular job, no one's going to come to your city if you have nothing to offer. Yep. So there's a problem. But the thing about Muncie is we already have diversity here. It might be our approach, how we're doing it. We're having ball state in Muncie, that means we have access to 22,000 people, 22,000 people that are in school. If we have to create programs that, you know, you come and be an uh, intern or whatever we need to do to kind of try to motivate them to stay, put fillers out in Ball State area, work with the president to put it on their mainframe, that alumni and all those different ones to entice them to come back. Um, it's ways of doing it. But the problem is that I don't believe that it has been a concentrated effort to really put it out there to get diversity. It's more like, hey, we'll put it out there. Hey, yeah, if it's a minority, come on, if you can get some people to come in. But it hasn't been a direct marketing tool to try to sure. get individuals to want to even be a police officer when you don't have a good relationship with your community. Um, I mean, I don't want to be them, man. I'll be considered a snitch. <laughs> so we're going to have to do more. And when I say minority, I'm not saying necessarily black, but yeah, right. it needs to be a blend of, we, we are like a melting pot. We have everything that you can imagine, every kind of walk. It, it, it's in Muncie. 
because of Ball State. So we can get diverse, but we have to make that concentrated effort to make that happen, and we can do better. Right. I've just got a few more questions here for you. As far as meetings and times, being accessible, that's part of the whole transparency and accountability push. How, as mayor, will you work with your boards and your appointments, like to Boards of Public Works and the Parks Board, and, and the uh, how will you work with the council to make meetings other meetings like the Muncie Sanitary District Board meeting and the Board of Works meetings more accessible to the public. Yes, they are live streamed, but a lot of people are working during the daytime and they can't go to a meeting at 9 a.m. So how would you work or what would you do to attempt to push those meetings into the evening? Or is that something that you don't feel that needs to happen? Where, where do you stand on that? As I was sharing with you earlier about this app, um, the goal is, once again, putting all the information, being able to contact these heads, be able to um, plan and see when dates are coming up and what, you know, what the agenda might be. Um, of course, the law says you have to do certain things so you can look at the itineraries of all these meetings. And everybody doesn't necessarily want to be at all meetings, but certain topics come up. People want to know what's going on. Hey, I might need to be here. Now, as again, I don't want to necessarily make a, a, a um, committee or a commission say we're going to do this blah 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 every time blah 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 because of course their time is important too um, but giving you access to what's going on what time these things are going on and just at the click of a finger if you having something that you need to get to and not only that the process if you want to bring before someone something um, because I don't believe everybody really knows how the government works um, and it takes learning it um, and actually being involved to see how things are going uh, so that is a issue, time restraints, um, but I believe it's going to have to come down to being knowledgeable and being able to get access to what, what's going on. Um, but the goal of this this app, when I'm sharing this, is you go on there and it's, you, you once you learn how to do it, you'll be able to know what's going on, when it's going on, be able to reach out to these um, heads and department heads and committees and see what they're doing and ask them questions, send them emails directly from where you at, almost like if you have the messages between us and have that communication so that you are um, up to date compared to being in the dark. So more, most of the things we're having problem with is communication. Not Absolutely. necessarily if people, if people can be at the meeting, but it's communication to say, hey, I may not have understood this. Can you give me a better understanding of what you're doing? Okay, but I'm done. Oh, well, I don't need to be at a meeting. I, I understand what you're saying. Oh, I watched this video and we, we didn't understand. Can you give us more? So that open dialogue compared to somebody having to wait two hours or set up a meeting. And then if it's important, now you get access or maybe you need to be at the meeting to ask this question. But I don't think we have that kind of transparent or communication currently. Um, but then at the same token, when you create something like this, now it's 50,000 people that are be going to be coming at you with all these questions. Yeah. So that's going to be a problem. The more transparent we come, the more accessible we come, the more of a workload that's going to come on these individuals um, with millions or thousands of questions. But just imagine if we having a conversation, you going back and forth with us, and this is an hour conversation, but you got all these other individuals wanting the same kind of attention. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the problem that we're going to have to address, but you're going to have access and it's going to be discretion of the individual because some people will have issues. They may not want to answer Steve Smith. 
So, I mean, that's why it's going to have to have open dialogue, but at the same token, you will have access, but that doesn't mean necessarily you have access. That's going to be the individual um, and then the concern of the um, question. Um, so that's going to be transparency. A lot of people say, well, you're going to have access. You're going to have access. When people that know what they're looking for are looking for specific things, it's going to open up a lot of can of worms. Absolutely. But that's what transparency is. I can't fix what people done in the past, but going forward, I can be transparent and give you the access, which it's going to be a lot of things like, man, we can't do that because blah, blah, blah. But it's public. It's public knowledge. So I didn't do it. We're going to allow <laughs> Habit, but realize we're trying to move forward, which comes with ideas and all those different things. But we're going to give you, and that's the whole purpose I'm saying create an app because that means you can go through and do your research and see what's really going on and say, Well, man, wait a minute, they did this, that's why it is. And then once we get to maybe 10 years down the road, it'll kind of cool off. But at the same token, now we're transparent. Now, where do we go? Yeah, sure. Uh, I want to say that I appreciate you, Libertarian Candidate Steve Smith, for taking the time for coming on and talking with me and talking with everyone who will be listening to this. I do want to ask you before we go if there's anything else you would like to say, last words or last statement that you'd like to get out to the listeners who will be voting either early or on election day. I would just like to encourage each individual to get out and vote. Uh, make sure you are really examining each individual um, for yourself. Don't go on someone else's word. Of course, you can get their knowledge and understanding, but make sure you get out and vote. This is going to be a crucial uh, election. Um, this is going to shape our future. Um, I will share with you um, that there is um, options. We don't have to go the traditional way. Uh, we don't have to choose uh, what we've always done. We don't have to choose uh, the smoke screens. We can actually make a, a, a good decision if we just observe who's doing what, what they're doing. Um, but I will share with you, uh, we're coming out of a, a situation where we deal with criminal activity. So I would definitely look at those things and make sure um, that we're not going right back into those things and be sure that you understand if we do that, we're going to see it over and over. And this is our chance that we can actually say that. So my tagline as I leave out here is I am the gatekeeper of the new generation. I have to come uh, to bridge the gap between the haves and have nots. I represent those that have not, that have been lost, forgotten and never had a seat at the table. So if you want someone that will take us into the new, new generation that has your heart and your, your, your kids and all those in mind, I am the man to vote for. Before we are off the phone here, let me ask you, if anyone wants to find you or has any questions, wants to get a hold of you, are you on Facebook, social media? you have any, any way for people to get a hold of you? I am on Facebook. Um, I'm under Steve Smith, uh, mayor. Um, of course, I'm always on Facebook. Uh, you can email me at Divine Truth. That's D-I-V-I-N-E-T-R-U-T-H. M-I-N at gmail.com. You can always message me. Um, I respond to each individual. You see me posting something, you can ask a question on there. I'm transparent. Um, I'm not saying by any means I'm perfect, but I can share with you my heart is for the people. I have no hidden agenda. I am not a yes man, and I am not a bald man. Uh, so if you want a person that's going to really represent the whole community, I am that person. Very good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking with 
Muncie's libertarian candidate for the office of mayor. You are always welcome on the show. Uh, whether you win, whether you lose, if you have something to say, either way, you are always welcome here. And uh, I wish you luck and uh, would look forward to talking to you on election night uh, to see how everything turns out. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, well, that's going to do it for this special episode 47-L, the candidate interview with Libertarian candidate Stephen Smith. I hope that you will listen to the other two interviews to compare and contrast. You've been listening to Perception is Reality, and I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.